LMT is a lens by which you assess all economic understanding. The street is full of corruption. It is baked in to every aspect of our society. 1900s, Lenin was predicting global finance capital would do all the things it's doing today. This is written over 100 years ago. All right, everybody, it is Steve, the Rogue Scholar. Happy to be with you on this wonderful Friday afternoon. Um, today, we're going to talk about that old Trojan. And no, I'm not talking about Trojan ends. I'm talking about the Trojan known as the UBI. Folks, this subject, I have debated it countless times with people. I have fought with people tooth and nail over the years. It, it just won't go away. And it won't go away largely because there's just not enough people that understand it, okay? And those that don't understand it but are sympathetic, and we're all sympathetic to the concept. I think there's really very few people that aren't sympathetic to the concept at some level, okay? But it's when you dig deeper and you begin to understand what the UBI represents. First of all, the UBI, well, let's define that real quick. Universal Basic Income or unconditional basic income, okay? The problem with this is, first and foremost, it's just simply a cash giveaway. It's, it's, it's here, here's cash. Now, if you don't have much cash, and I fit that bucket right there, if you don't have much cash, somebody giving you cash sounds fantastic. My God, yes, give me cash. I, I need cash. All right. That's where this mindset stems from. It's like the household budget analogy when you think about people talking about modern monetary theory, the national debt, things like that. They, they, they associate the fact that I need cash in this existing environment. Oh, my God, I need cash. Here's the problem. The UBI provides cash to everyone regardless of who they are, what their income is, et cetera. In other words, it's status quo, okay? It's not adding anything because in the end, we've already witnessed when industry knows you have more disposable cash, it raises prices. This is why the UBI serves as a signal, if you will, to industry to raise prices. They're going to use their four Ps of marketing, folks. They're going to use their microeconomic framework to understand the price point by which they can exact. It's going to be a free handout to the rentier class. It's not going to be beneficial to the poor, okay? Because, little history on the UBI. We go back to the 60s, guy named Milton Friedman. Many of you guys have heard of him. I don't know how many of you really understand who Milton Friedman is, okay? Milton Friedman is a very, very bad guy. He's king libertarian. He's a guy who is the, largely credited as the father of monetarist theory. But more importantly, he is the guy who said that anytime the government prints money, it's inflationary. Okay. And yet at the same time, interestingly enough, his answer is helicopter money. His answer is to drop money on everyone because he says the only thing we need to save capitalism is more capitalism, okay? By giving money away, it allows continued growth, all right? Now, if you think about it, 
the rich don't need a UBI from the UBI because the rich already get so many perks and stuff through, you know, whether it be owning stocks and bonds or whether it be the interest income channel that we've seen through the pandemic as they've raised interest rates. Many of the rich got that already. So this right here is just another handout to them on top of it. And sure, you can raise taxes on them all you want. Problem is, is that we've proven time and again they just avoid the taxes. They find a way to pass those taxes elsewhere. Okay. They don't pay them. They never pay them. They don't have to pay them. So ends up being something where they just continue to exacerbate, keeps the status quo squarely intact. But Milton Friedman and the libertarians were not content with just giving money away. They wanted very, very much to literally destroy the social safety nets, to rip apart that which had been gained during the New Deal, okay? They wanted desperately to rip the New Deal apart. Now, folks out there that are socialists understand that the New Deal was the compromise. It was the thing that saved capitalism. It wasn't some great grand thing. And if you talk to people, especially minorities, indigenous folks, et cetera, the New Deal left a lot of people out. It didn't help everyone, okay? That said, its imperfections aside, it's still better than what we had at the time. That's why it was heralded, and that's why it kind of saved capitalism, okay? Well, a UBI in the modern vernacular isn't got a million excuses why it's the right angle. Oh, you know, artificial intelligence. I mean, you see chat GPT, and you see all these things out there, writing papers, writing music, robots doing things, March of the Robots, all this stuff makes the UBI sign even more better, right? It's it's the more better, mo better, mo better uh, UBI. Right? <laughs> but the fundamental issue here is this. Businesses will pay you what they have to pay you and nothing more, not a penny more, not a nickel more. Doesn't matter if you're quote unquote worth more or not, you will receive what they're willing to pay. Unless, of course, you're independently wealthy, you've got your loose ends tied up, and you can pick around where you want to go to work. Most people don't have that. Most people apply wherever they apply, and they're thankful they have a job because that's how they've made society. They've made you grateful for whatever crumbs you get tossed, right? So this mindset of, oh, my God, thank God I've got a job, the pressure of having to work, the pressure of being afraid of taxes, the pressure of being afraid of not meeting your bills, all these things fuel the need, the desire, the thought of a UBI. And so people who are not really thinking through this problem, they see a poor person, they say, huh, let's go ahead and give poor person some money. That makes all the sense in the world right? Let's just give the poor person more money. But in reality, without a whole slew of laws to force companies to raise their pay or to raise the minimum wage, which we haven't seen anything, it's still $7.50 an hour. Thank you, Joe Biden. Okay. Ultimately, you would need to give somebody so much money that they don't have to work. Otherwise, you're just simply subsidizing capital. Let me repeat that again. A UBI merely subsidizes capital. 
It merely subsidizes the rentiers, the people that are renting landlords. That's what it does. It's like a voucher program, a school voucher program. The rich kids go to the rich schools because they have money to supplement to whatever voucher you get. And the poor kids get stuck in the same exact schools they were in previously. Okay. Unless you have a whole slew of other uh, initiatives that force them to take other kids or eliminate rich people's ability to supplement and pay more to get better education. Either way, it's still status quo. Once again, nothing changes. Okay. So what does a poor person or what does an individual forget where they are? What does an individual have without anything else in their life? What does an individual have to bargain with? The one thing you and I all have is time. We have our labor. Okay, that's it. And so when a company wants you to bus tables for $2 an hour plus maybe a pooled set of tips, or they want you to run out there and deliver things through Uber Eats as a gig worker, okay, what they end up doing is they end up literally subsidizing that. They, they say, you've got your UBI. There's no need, right? But ultimately, you have your time, your value, your, your labor. And so that's 40 hours a week. And it's blocked out. Like if you look at your calendar and you put a meeting on four days, five days a week, eight hours a day, and someone says, hey, uh, Virginia, hey, uh, Jonathan, hey, uh, Jules, um, you know, can you, uh, can you work? this day and you look at your calendar and you say well i'm booked nine to five monday through friday when did you want me to work well we were hoping you could work then that's like well i'm already i'm already scheduled to work right and so they have nothing that they can do other than to pay you more money than you were making in another job if you will to lure you to do their work but if you have a ubi your calendar isn't filled you don't have anything backing you, and they know this. And so then what they do is they say, well, if you do, we're going to get you for tax evasion for working over under the table, whatever. However, in this particular case, what are they going to do? They're going to say to you, hey, we're going to go ahead and give you this shitty wage. You've already got your UBI, so there you go. You're good to go. Don't worry. No problem. Okay. And this, this time and again, this ignorance of, of this dynamic stems from people not having a class analysis. It stems from them taking shortcuts and learning things. It stems from not understanding economics. It stems from not understanding power dynamics. Okay. So when you understand that capital's goal, which is why you had CAFTA, NAFTA, and all these other trade deals was to push production offshore to the cheapest, cheapest, um, you know, labor countries. They would push that labor out, push it out. And so they've turned us into consumption units in the United States. Now, all of a sudden, they want to bring that back. They have a service economy. They want to bring that production back. Well, you can't bring that production back. Why? Because you've already created, once again, a class war. You've got class war going on in the United States right now. The U.S. is suppressing wages. We're a service economy. We're not producing anything. To bring that back, 
you would have to pay wages that the U.S. worker would be willing to work for. So what do they need to do to make you take a shitty wage that they push off on the rest of the world? What do they need to do? They need to make conditions here in the United States so bad, so miserable, that you'll take whatever you get, okay? And that's happening right now. They are creating conditions for a recession, possibly a depression, as they reduce the deficit and cut spending, raise interest rates, make it harder on people to get credit. All that stuff right there fuels the downward spiral, okay? Well, unfortunately, average people say, well, my bank account's empty. Believe me, my bank account's empty. I need help, folks. I need help, right? We all need help. But you see what I'm saying? Once you understand that, it's like, <gasps> cash, yes, a UBI would be great. Wouldn't it be great to get a 1000 bucks? It would be, except they're going to soak it up. That is literally how free market capitalism works. If you don't understand that, feel free to go get an undergrad in business or maybe go get an MBA like I did in business and learn how businesses do pricing. Learn how they evaluate where their product fits in the, in the market. Learn how they identify their price points. Learn how they control their return on investment. If you don't know that stuff, why not? If you say that I'm wrong about the UBI, but you didn't know what I just said, why not? Why would you say I'm wrong if you didn't test that out? I would hope you would test it out. Test it and figure out how companies come up with their price points. Okay? Listen, there is leaked stuff all over the place where companies during the pandemic knew that people were getting pandemic payments. And they said, how do we get a piece of that action? And they devised their entire pricing model around that. Not to mention the supply chain issues. The U.S. has got itself in a bit of a conundrum here. On one hand, it's saying, hey, we want to bring the jobs back. So we want to, you know, take away the ability of foreign actors to impact our supply chains. Well, fine. But then you got to turn off this class war on the U.S. labor. Okay. So this is where the federal job guarantee kicks in. All right. The federal job guarantee is sold horribly. Okay. Warren Mosler frequently calls it the transition job to get you to go from being on the bench to transition back to private sector labor. Okay. Now that sounds good. If you're a business owner and you're trying to understand the value of the trans job, you know, transition job, that doesn't speak to the left who's trying to find a UBI, I, ironically, with the libertarians, okay? You need to make sure that you understand that the job guarantee is not make work. It's not dig a hole, fill a hole. It is literally creating work that does not compete with the private sector. It's work that is often left undone in your communities. It's work that is not seen as profitable by the capitalist class. It's work that serves mankind. It's got social value. And when you think about that, you think about the ability to create your own job. Bill Mitchell talks extensively about paying surfers to surf. Okay. Sounds crazy, right? 
the idea is to literally lock out employers from being able to steal your hours and subsidize shit wages. See, I know some people have it in their head that the capitalists are just going to give you full value, give you as much money as they possibly could give you on top of your UBI. That's not going to be the way it works. That isn't the way it works. Will never be the way it works. They will literally subsidize their shit wages. They will turn us into gig workers. They're already trying to do it now. Labor has no power right now. And the UBI further ensures that labor has no power. There's no production on this, which is not really a big deal because you could point to, hey, you know, there's some advances, uh, though not enough to justify. There are some advances in production. There are some advances in artificial intelligence. There are some advances in um, you know robotics and so forth. So maybe we can meet the production. But if you remember, Alan Greenspan, when he talked to Paul Ryan about the Social Security uh, solvency, Paul Ryan was trying to privatize Social Security. And he said, wouldn't making Social Security private, in other words, making it so that it was investment accounts where you could put that into Wall Street and so forth, wouldn't that make Social Security more solvent? Alan Greenspan said point blank. Um, Alan Greenspan is a freaking scumbag libertarian, folks. I'm not singing Greenspan's praises. He just had a moment of honesty captured on camera for all of us to watch and see and know overnight, okay? And what he said was, there's nothing to prevent the U.S. government from creating as many dollars as it needs to create at no cost. The issue is, can we create an economy where the real goods and services are available for purchase for that money? Okay. Because otherwise you're going to have what we call a demand pull inflation. Okay. Demand pull inflation is when you have nowhere near enough production to meet demand. Okay. So, Within this space, without the production to meet demand, you're going to have inflation, period, All right? Now, people say that the job guarantee is just simply make work. They always refer to it this way. I don't want the government telling me what jobs I can and can't do. Like I said, Bill Mitchell talked about giving surfers their job guarantee, but when they're in the water, Part of their role is to take water samples, to bring them back in to help whatever the local science is. Yeah, just an idea, one idea. Somebody is an artist. Maybe part of their role would be to teach painting to local class a couple hours a week to offset their own work. They're a singer. They're a musician. Same thing. You can create your own job in this space, or there's another model, and that is to compensate that which we already go with uncompensated labor, and that's for working at nonprofits. People that work in nonprofits don't get paid. However, what happened? Well, not all of them. They do have a paid staff, but they have an unpaid staff. Many of them, like RP, Real Progress, we don't have enough income. You all, we don't have nearly enough donations to be able to provide anyone with any kind of income. So everybody works their ass off for pennies, for nothing, 
for satisfaction and hope that we could, you know, somehow or another change the world together. It'd be great if we could pay people. We don't bring enough donations. There's no way to do that. So with that in mind, okay, the job guarantee could take previously unpaid volunteer work and make it paid work through the job guarantee program. And one of the things that really stood out to me about the job guarantee when I was learning about it was that when you go to your local town hall and they're talking about the business of your local community, in there, you could be talking literally, if we had a job guarantee, it would be federally funded because that's where money starts from, the federal government, and locally administered right there in your township or your municipality or, or whatever. And at that point in time, people could come and negotiate and talk through what they feel needs to be done in the local community that the capital order isn't paying for. There are so many things that we need that would enhance our lives that are just not done because they are not profit-making, profit-making, right? And so without having a profit incentive to do it, businesses make the decision, hey, our job is to maximize profit. Our job is to maximize shareholder value. There's no value in that labor there. So we're not going to do it. And they move on to something that they feel they can make money doing, right? Those things, though, are not like lacking in value. They're full of value for the people in the community. So the idea of being able to do local work, working with uh, the elderly, playing chess with someone in, uh, you know, an assisted living home or uh, maybe uh, reading stories to children or maybe playing games as a big brother with, you know, some autistic child for all I know, whatever. The idea of us being able to have work that compensates at a job guarantee wage, which would be a living wage, and it would have federal benefits associated with it. This takes advantage of, if you go back to the beginning of this conversation, where I said, if you put 40 hours a week in your calendar, no business can take your labor because that's yours. You've made your case. This is where I'll be working. Sorry, not available. In order to get me available, you got to meet or beat my job guarantee wage. Okay. Now, here's the thing. I oftentimes hear people talking about those who cannot work and so forth, right? There's already social security out there. There's already things that can be expanded to include whoever is left out. All right. The idea of people don't want to work, but they're artists. I'm an artist. I don't want to work. Okay. Well, the job guarantee can serve you too in that exact way. That is literally the point. The point is to not only provide a counter cyclical stabilizer, when business cycles ebb and flow, when the business cycle goes down, we job guarantee fills up. When the business cycle goes up, the job guarantee goes down because you roll back in to paid employment through the private sector for better pay, presumably, because you have a negotiating chip now. The federal job guarantee does not force you in there. You can go anytime you like, but you're guaranteed to have a job as opposed to being left on the sidelines without work. Okay. 
Now, anybody ever gone through four, five, six months, a year, two years without having a job? I have. And it hurt. It destroyed my life. I have never really been able to recover from that. And that was back in 2009. Okay. 2009. And then more recently in 27, 2018, I went through a long stretch with I, where I didn't have uh, employment. And each time that happens, there's no way to claw that back. But with the job guarantee, I would have been able to slip it. And it would not have been enough but it would have been a hell of a lot more than unemployment and a hell of a lot more than any of the reasonable or even unreasonable, any of the UBI schemes I've heard, it would outpace any of them, okay? With benefits, by the way. Now, honestly, to me, I'm ready to do away with private sector altogether. I'm ready to make businesses 100% public owned. I'm ready to make everything collectively owned i'm i don't want to have this kind of lifestyle at all it drives me crazy but in the absence of people that pay attention study and read and fight and work in the absence of that let's be fair it's a fucking desert out there for people that give a fuck it's a desert out there for people that actually will crack the spine of a book and read it's a desert out there for people that will listen to something that's not a meme or, or some bullshit, right? It's a desert out there. It's fucking hard sledding to find people that give a flying fuck, okay? Now, that said, that said, it's constantly coming up, the UBI. It's constantly coming up because... There's a lot of capitalists out there. There is no greater gift to the capital order than a UBI. It is literally a pass-through straight to your renter, straight to your landlord, straight to whomever has nothing to do with helping the poor. And I want you to think about this. If you've ever been homeless, and I see you out there, humorous, I'm talking to you, brother. If you've ever been homeless, though, you've ever been seeking a bed and you've been couch surfing at friends houses or whatever ever been in that position okay you know that you are literally living feral you're living by the seat of your pants people are sending you to a soup kitchen to eat people are telling you uh oh here's this thing and you're basically trying to cobble together your basic needs you you have no bargaining power you have no buying power. You have no ability to really negotiate the terms by which you exist. You simply must exist so you do whatever you must do. And that brutal existence is literally the backbone of why something like a UBI is so bad, okay? Because ultimately, if I give somebody that's homeless a thousand dollars a month it doesn't pay for a house food all the services they need etc it doesn't pay for most of any of what they need in fact it's a handout to the uh, rentier class to begin with but in order for it to really be useful it would need to be so high that you could pay for all your health care you could pay for all the other things you need Instead, 
It's subsistence. It's not even subsistence. And businesses know this. It's the most anti-worker, anti-labor policy known to man. But you're going to force people to work? Steve, what are you talking about? That's not what I said. Every person that I talk to that says, well, you know, Steve, I'm handicapped. I couldn't possibly work. What if you sat there at your computer instead of doing social media and you played checkers or played chess or read stories to somebody who's sitting there on, you know, it's laying in a hospital bed that doesn't have a friend that needs somebody and they have no family. What if you could do that? What if you could play checkers with some small kid? You could be a big brother online doing what you're doing without getting out of your house, without lifting a heavy package, without anything. And if you're depressed and whatnot, there's already services out there that we need to bolster up. For example, Social Security, we should not be paying FICA. We could get rid of FICA taxes altogether, not increase them, but eradicate them. And we could change the rules by which people get Social Security because right now Social Security covers survivor benefits. It covers retirement and it covers a host of other things. We could expand that to uncover anything that we want it to do. It was supposed to gain in value with cost of living increases. That didn't happen, but it could and it should. There's no solvency issue. It's just like the debt ceiling lie. Each of these things is a lie. And you can see people riding on that hamster wheel. Well, we got to, we got to, we got to. Why? Because they don't know and they don't care to learn. And there maybe many of them are too stretched in life. They're desperate and they're freaking losing their minds to even pay attention. But it's not them that I'm worried about. It's the professional class. It's these wealthy people that understand economics, but still advance a UBI. It's these economists that advance a UBI. And they know that they're partnering up with Milton Friedman. They know that they are literally producing the Trojan that allows libertarians and right-wingers to strip away the very essence of the social safety nets. They know these things. They're not stupid. So I wonder why they keep peddling this shit. Okay? I wonder why they keep peddling this shit. See, what we don't have in society today is not a lack of a basic income. We just don't have the one expanded and made the way we want it. What we don't have is an answer to unwanted unemployment, and that's a job guarantee. This right here would fundamentally change everything. Now, imagine you're on strike. Imagine you're on strike at a job. Most people that go on strike have to get like a part-time strike job. You know, maybe it's delivering pizzas, maybe it's doing Uber, whatever. What if you could go and do the federal job guarantee during the time when your company's on strike? Serve your local community, do the picket line when you're assigned to do the picket line, and then go back home and feed your family like, hey, this is great, right? Why not do that? It's so many valuable things, your job training, you name it, all baked in there. Listen, I don't like capitalism at all, and I definitely don't like uh, any of the uh, schemes that make us have to work that are chasing a dollar just to survive. I don't like that. But this is the world that we're in. 
And without a revolution, and most people sadly don't pay attention, haven't read. They just go through life talking about the old days, what they used to do and how they used to do it. They aren't learning new things. They're not understanding that things have changed. Most of the production jobs are gone. And the answer isn't to further make you beholden to capital, hoping to God they produce goods and services you need at a reasonable price you can afford with your skimpy UBI. No, folks, it really comes down to, really, really comes down to understanding the division between capital and labor. It really comes down to understanding your class interests. And it really comes down to understanding that by having a job guarantee, it's the closest thing we have to a automatic stabilizer that keeps the economy alive and well, keeps people alive and well, and does not literally create the conditions that further deplete labor of its power. UBI depletes labor of its power. You get a one-time boost, but remember, everybody's getting it. But once they got it, prices adjust. It happens that way, and you saw it, and you've seen it repeatedly happen. It happened during the pandemic. It's your case study. You got to see it live and in person. Okay? This is how capital works. And you can tell, Republican was in office. They were perfectly fine with it. Democrat was in office. They didn't do shit about it either because they're both free market fuckers. They're both free market lovers. They're both capitalist lovers. And Greg, I love this idea, but he says, if I was on the local FJG board, I'd, ju- I'd vote just to pay picketers for doing what it is that they're doing. <laughs> Dude, I would too. <laughs> it's great. Loving it. Let's go through and see if we see some of these, uh, see some of these comments here. Uh, yes. So here's another one. UBI supported by billionaires and Silicon Valley entrepreneurs. No doubt they will push a UBI. Jelena. BMC, good point. Capital order made sure everyone knew about UBI, but of course not MMT. Sleazy Andrew Yang leading the pack, amongst others, like Scott Santons, who sits there and comes off and says, yeah, I'm for uh, MMT, while simultaneously pushing the very thing that MMT says is a nothing burger. Now, I know there's some people out there saying we should have a job guarantee, and a basic income off the side. Notice it's not a UBI. And the basic income that I believe we already have is Social Security. Now, just really, truly take a step back and think about what I'm saying here. Social Security was a bill that was passed in the law. Now, if you believe we have any agency to correct any of this stuff in the political system as it is, great. I don't believe it, unfortunately. But if you do, change the fucking law. Change the law. Stop making it so that this Social Security Trust Fund has the authority to authorize payments because the trust fund is nothing more than a spreadsheet. They look, they say, yep, there's a keystroke in there. 
okay, we don't have enough funds lasting out to 2032 or whatever. We got to do something. Oh, my God, Social Security is going to fall apart. Get rid of that shit, man. There's no need for it. Stop the lie that you think you're paying into it because you're not paying into Social Security, friends. FICA is a tax, just like any other tax. And what does the federal government do with taxes received? It deletes them. It purges reserves. We've gone through this ex, uh, extensively over and over again. When the government spends money into existence, it creates a reserve for in the banking system. The Federal Reserve creates a reserve. It's a tally on the other side, asset, liability, you know, blah, blah, blah. Once the tax comes back, that reserve is washed away. It's wiped out because it was a placeholder. It's like the dark crystal. The light crystal, the dark crystal, they come together, right? They've achieved their goal. That's the same thing right there. And Aloha from Harrisburg, uh, Pennsylvania, Rhino 420. I'm down with the 420, brother. Sister, I don't know who you are because I can't tell by the name, but I hopefully they. There we go. Practice my pronouns. Um, but ultimately, I think that if we take a moment to realize that the UBI is once again a gift to capital. And we start there and we recognize that it's not giving and guaranteeing you and I the services we need. It's not guaranteeing housing. It's not guaranteeing anything other than a certain amount of cash. There's no price anchor. So it's not guaranteeing that prices won't rise. Well, there's no way they're going to hold down prices. That's not the capital way. And if they do pretend like they're going to lower price or try and attack pricing, they're not going to do price controls. What are they going to do? They're going to raise interest rates at the Fed to try and drive up the cost of interest, to drive up the cost of credit, which ultimately is a handoff, another freebie, another giveaway to the capital order. I mean, you just can't make this shit up. It really sucks that most people don't understand this and don't talk about it like that. Instead, they get hung up on, I don't want the government picking what job I do. I don't want the government doing this. I don't want the government's hands in it. Well, you know what? When you look at the way government operates today, it's quite clear that we're captured. It's captured by wealthy interests. It has nothing to do with you and I. We don't have any power here. If you believe we have power here, you need to show me where that power lies. I can tell you the only power that we have is withholding our labor and literally becoming ungovernable, making them fear us as a block. But we're so disorganized and so unwilling to go beyond, well, I've got to vote in the election. It's the most important thing of my life to vote every time. Again, talked about this so much, please. I'm not saying don't vote. I'm just saying grow up, Peter Pan, Count Chocula. Your vote hasn't gotten you shit. But please, by all means, vote. I'm not telling you not to. I'm just telling you it isn't getting us there. So the job guarantee, though, requires people in office to actually pass the damn bill. So does a UBI. But why do you think a UBI might gain more clout? Because Republicans and Democrats alike, Joe Biden himself has been desperate to cut all entitlements, to wipe these things out. Here's your UBI. Good luck foraging, my friend. 
good luck. Thoughts and prayers. See, in my world, we give universal basic services, universal basic needs. We provide housing, period. We provide food. We provide medical care, period. We provide the necessary items we need in this life to survive. Universal basic services. Yeah, exactly. Efficient federal government is capitalist propaganda. Couldn't agree more. A lot of good comments in here. Thank you guys for throwing out really good comments. I really, really appreciate this. So um, I want to go through here real quick. There's some donations. Uh, super, uh, super sticker from Double K, 1999. Thank you. Super chat, 1999. Double K, thank you. Rich Four, $3 super sticker. Thank you so much. Danny Wyndham, a $10 uh, super chat. Thank you, brother. And uh, NNY Radio, rock on, $5. Thank you so much as well. Really, really appreciate that. So anyway, I'm, I'm going through here, and I'm thinking to myself, if I give you $1,000, but healthcare is $1,001, what do you have? If I tell you here's $1,000 and housing is $1,500, what do you have? If I tell you that transportation is going to cost you $600 a month plus, 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 and all you have is $1,000, good luck. Good luck. You know, $35,000 a year would not be enough money for someone to survive. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out $1,000 a month is only $12,000 a year. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that $2,000 a month is only $24,000 a year. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that $3,000 a month is only $36,000 a year. $4,048,000, what, $60,000, what, seventy-two? Eight, 84. I mean, you do the math. After a little while, you realize a UBI would have to be really fucking big to make the kind of impact that it needs. Okay? And it really comes down to understanding that the United States government is both the creator of the dollar and the, has the ability in the U.S. to control pricing if it wanted it could control labor, it could control anything it wants to. But it doesn't. And you have to ask yourself why not. Actually, you shouldn't have to ask yourself. You should have enough up here to recognize that capital wants its labor on pennies on the dollar. That capital wants you desperate because it needs you to be able to do things it wants you to do that you probably wouldn't otherwise do. And the UBI, unless it's huge, doesn't give you any of that. Starving artist or not, the disingenuous fuckers that say stuff like that infuriate me. And I'm not talking about regular rank and file people that just don't have a clue. I'm talking about the fucking people, the, the big names that advocate UBI, that know this shit. They know it. And they still say it. It's like Richard Wolf saying that the 
federal government borrows from corporations. Oh, really? Oh, really? One million dollars? Really? Really, Tricky Dick? Really? And I know he is sacrosanct. I love Richard. Have Richard on. I'm telling you right now, there are more economists than him that I will not name right now because I'm really, really feeling hurt that more don't take an honest, real assessment of what the job guarantee is instead of lying and calling it make work and dig a hole, fill a wall and stupid shit like that. They're smarter than that on other issues. They can be smart on this one too and recognize that this is a real issue, a countervailing power against the control of capital by giving people a job that ties up those hours because God damn it, you got to understand that they will allow their wage to subsist and your UBI will be the quote-unquote de facto full wage package when you go to fill out your taxes. Anyway, I just think it's very important to understand that a job guarantee is not make work. Let me just say that point blank. It is a way of preventing major downturns in the economy when people start getting laid off, they would roll on to the job guarantee. There's the counter-cyclical automatic stabilizer. See, the counter-cyclical is the important part to that. So that means when the cycle is low, business is laying people off, the job guarantee picks up. And when the business cycle goes up, People are going to roll out of the job. Not everybody, but people will start rolling out of the job guarantee and going getting different higher paying jobs. And then when the economy bottoms out again, same thing happens. This is called an automatic stabilizer. They're not negotiating, they're not debating it. People are getting jobs on demand. Problem with the UBI. Here's the UBI. Business flow goes like this. The UBI is like this. Status quo. UBI is not in any way, shape, or form, an answer to that problem. It's not an answer to generational poverty. A job guarantee would be an answer to generational poverty. Pays a living wage, provides benefits. UBI could never do that, ever. It's not the answer. And I'm really disappointed in people that are peddling it and selling that shit like it is the answer. I'm very disappointed. Broke, heartbroken. Heartbroken, to be honest with you. Devastated. Because quite honestly, we need more people pitching the real stuff, pitching the truth. It's, see, you know, for me, when I think about capital and I think about what its prime directives are, maximizing profit, maximizing shareholder value, I never hear them talking about maximizing labor's value maximizing worker satisfaction through increased wages and increased benefits. You don't hear that. In fact, you hear them talking about you taking a cut or ah, we're going to have to give you different health care. Now your deductible has gone from 500 to 2000 or 7,000 for a family or whatever. You may as well not even have health insurance because there's cutting edges, cutting corners. That is what a UBI gives you. It leaves you a prey to that. Job guarantee changes that because now you have a bargaining tool. The whole country has a bargaining tool. 
hey guy, I got benefits. I got health care. I don't pay for it. I've got all these different benefits. I get paid this amount. You got to meet or beat that to get me out of this job guarantee, baby. And I ain't budging. You're never going to hear anybody say, well, you know, I got this UBI here. You got to meet or beat this thousand dollars a month or I'm not budging. It's just a subsidy. It's just subsidizing shit wages. You got to be smarter than that. You got to want to be smarter than that. Or you got to have some integrity. You got to have some integrity. So anyway, there's a lot more I could say about this. A lot more. But in the spirit of getting you guys an opportunity to think, take a minute to think. Take a minute to think about this. Okay? Don't just say, no, I like the UBI. What is he talking? Why is he against the UBI? Like for the very reasons that the average person wants a UBI. I'm not talking about the dickheads up top that are snowing you. I'm talking about regular people that don't understand, but say, that makes sense. Give me a UBI. Fucking A. Let's have a UBI. They're ignorant. They're not mean. They're not bad people. They're just ignorant. Fucking ignorant as fuck. Okay. With that in mind, I, I, I appreciate, I have the same sensibilities you have. I don't want coercive control from a job. I'm not trying to force people into workfare. I don't want any of that. I completely understand what you're saying, what you think. I'm telling you, though, that that is not how it works, unfortunately. I get your sensibilities. But just know that for the last 50, 60 years, the libertarians have been praying to God that the left does a couple stupid things. First stupid thing they're looking for us to do is to want to have a constitutional convention to get money out of politics because they think that, hey, that's the way to go. The right-wing libertarian, the Koch brothers, have been working this thing forever. Desperate for you to call a constitutional convention because there's no rules. And they know they are a unified block. The one thing they want beyond anything else, a balanced budget amendment to eliminate any potential whatsoever for anything progressive whatsoever. And you see all these well-meaning right-wingers. I'm not talking about the leaders. I'm talking about regular people that just don't want their hard-earned tax dollars being spent elsewhere or whatever. They're fucking spittle on the lips, raging, thinking that their hard-earned tax dollars paying for your bad decisions. So all these things play into the mind fuck that's going on here. I want you to understand really want you to understand how important it is to know the capital order is real, whether you like that or not. I hate it, but you won't do what was required to get rid of the capital order. We can't get people to read. They want to vote. They want to vote. They want to tell you how important it is to vote. And they want to get everybody to door knock and phone bank and bitch and yell at politicians, but they don't want to do the organizing it takes to knock this out so it's not a thing. So it is a thing. 
And you got to deal with it because people are just not willing to fight. They want an easy way. They want to vote. They just want to vote. And they want it to be over. They want that to be their final act of civil work. I'm a, I'm a leftist. I voted. Okay. Well, we don't have a vanguard party in this country. And the people that presume to be third parties are economically illiterate, sadly. So they oftentimes push a UBI as well. Worse, they're pushing crypto on top of it. All these things make us individuals, private consumption units, on our own, left to fend for ourselves. When we are a collective, we're a society. And so I come from a collectivist perspective, not a rugged individualist bootstrapping, do it your own self, make all the right choices, invest in all the right things and everything will be perfect. I don't come from that school because it's bullshit. So with that in mind, take some time. Think about what I'm saying. Think about what I'm saying. Don't let libertarians in hiding push a UBI anymore. The intent is to strip the entirety of the social safety net away. And once you strip away the social safety net and all you have is your consumption unit of UBI, you are really without a paddle now. And that is intensely anti-labor, intensely anti-working class, pro-capitalist trash. But you've got to think it through. You've got to understand the power dynamics at play here. And once you do, you're going to change your mind. You're going to understand that the war isn't about a UBI. The war is about survival. The war is about having power to make decisions apart from the capital order telling you how it's going to be. And that's where the job guarantee kicks in. It's not make work. It's not dig a hole, fill a hole. It's not a garbage job. It's not a shit job. Okay. It's literally work socially valuable in your community that you define, you design could be the nonprofit model as well. But once again, I hear people misrepresenting a job guarantee and it devastates me to think that the integrity of shitting on it when they don't represent it properly even. Devastating to me. How can you trust people that misrepresent something so important and so vital? It's devastating because all of us that don't have money, that are struggling, they're going to try and make ends meet in this shitty system. We're being sold down the river. You're just going to be a consumption unit. You're going to work a gig economy and get a shit UBI. And here's some fucking crypto while you're at it. Libertarian garbage. And we deserve better than that. Tomorrow, Macro and Cheese, Michael Hudson is our guest. 
Michael breaks down some of these big subjects very, very well. It gets a few things that I disagree with him on, like he continued to fall back into saying bonds finance the government. And I just fundamentally disagree with that. And I think that Stephanie Bell's paper back in 1998 that shows that taxes and bonds cannot fund the government is must read white paper for anybody that actually wants to have the integrity to say the stuff correctly. Okay. Very, very important. Anyway, with that, my name is Steve Grumbine. I am the rogue scholar and I am out of here. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to support our efforts, please take a moment to subscribe and check out our other work on the Real Progress in Action YouTube channel and visit our sister organization's website at realprogressives.org.